I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is The Athletic Hockey Show. Hey everybody, it's Craig Custance, the Tuesday co-host of The Athletic Hockey Show, joined occasionally by Sean Gentili. (laughs) Sean, what a show we have today. How are you? Hey, hey, I have a question for you. Have you gone to any weddings lately? Are they playing that ad still? Oh, it seems like the odds are good. Mm, I did. Hey, breaking news, everyone. If you've heard that, that ad read, yeah, I'd like to apologize. I didn't know that would be shared on other podcasts. But, you know, we I'm a big believer in whatever the ad's for. The, the second thing I would like to say is I have been invited to a wedding since that recorded. I don't think mm-hmm. it's a coincidence. It's a colleague of ours at The Athletic. I don't want to name names because I don't know if he wants his stuff out there, but uh, it's a wedding I'm looking forward to very much. And we can it's a wedding, stop running that ad. It's a wedding I'm looking forward to as well. I will be a, I will be in attendance in addition oh, really? to you. Okay. That's right. We have a great show today. Brianna Decker joins us, the recently retired Brianna Decker, and she was great. We've already recorded so it. good. Segment two. <laughs> Um, just from start to finish, she was awesome, and I'm I'm glad we did it. Producer Jeff hooked it up. She we, we had to delay it a week. She's just got a lot going on. She's now coaching um at Shaddix, and she's about to embark on a 15 hour bus ride to Dallas. Like she is living the coach's life now. Um, she's now advising uh, PHF, hired by Reagan Carey. There, we get into that. 
just an awesome conversation all around. I, she was that was fun. Best player in the women's game, on and off. I think for for a few years there. Mm. Yeah, it's it's a I don't know. It's a blast to see her move on to the next phase and really seem like she's enjoying herself. You know, because that was such a brutal. I mean, we all we all saw what happened at the Olympics. Heartbreaking. Also, just stomach churning stuff. It was just one of those injuries where your your heart heart drops when when you watch it, right? But she's feeling good and she's psyched about what comes next. I mean, it was a it was a blast blast to talk to her. Man, I, it would have been like if that happened to me, I'd still be bitter about it. I sensed no bitterness. I mean, whatever she if she had any, she seemed to work through it. She seemed like pretty excited about what's happening. So that was. I think I it's like easy. That. It's that easy cool. to cut back on the bitterness when you enjoy what you're doing as much as she does, and that's the work she's doing with Shattuck, and it's the work that she's doing with the PHF. I mean, she sounds she sounds fulfilled, and it was a, it was a fun it was a, it was a fun conversation. So before we get to that, I, I want to talk a little bit about the Eastern Conference, both the, mm-hmm. the playoff race that's shaping up and, you know, I think because Tarek wrote about the Capitals a little bit today uh, about some off seasons that are going to be interesting um, because there was a point I think we were like, hey, the whole the whole playoffs, we, we basically know the matchups. <laughs> you know what I mean? And now it's, right. I, I think it's interesting because of what, what I think maybe mainly what's happening with Florida. Like we talked a little last week about it, but it's it's been a bit of a tailspin. Yeah, we've seen them kind of cycle in and out over the last couple of weeks, right? They were the one, they were the riser. It felt like going back, say, maybe after the holidays, like in January, that if someone in the East wanted to make a run, it was going to be possible, right? Like if, if, there were, if there were a team outside of the picture, as in not Pittsburgh and not the Islanders, if it were the Panthers who started slow, if or if it were maybe this whatever that somebody, if they got their shit together in time, was going to be able to make a run. And the Panthers were always going to be the the easiest the easiest choice there because they were fantastic last year. Their underlings all season have been great. Sergey Bobrovsky has like you know was was on a pretty decent streak there as well. Um, all the things that it kind of contributed to them starting slowly were sort of fixed and of course they made the charge right they were in they were in the second mm-hmm. wild card spot last week well here we are it is the morning of tuesday march 28th they've gotten mm-hmm. zero points in their last four games uh in those obviously lost all, all four of those in those games are expected goals percentages down below 45 percent their playoff chances according to Dom's model, have dropped all the way down to, I believe, 21% this morning. They were mm. 60 in the 60s last week. Part of that's because Pittsburgh has, you know, scraped some points together and same goes for the Islanders. But a lot of this has to do with, with the Panthers going well and truly in the tank. Uh, I wonder if anything's happened over the last week <laughs> that we could attribute that to. And I'm going to do it, whether it's whether it's reckless or not. They're 0-3 and have played like hell since the Pride night uh, catastrophe with the, with the stalls refusing to wear the jerseys. So we can blame that. I certainly am. Do you think there's anything like just besides karma? Do you think karma? <laughs> you think yeah. It's like this becomes a distraction. Karma is enough for me. I think that's, I think that's yeah, the funniest. Yeah. I think that's the funniest part of all this stuff is if you look at guys like the stalls or Jim, whatever, and anybody who makes a choice like this, it always more often than not the teams themselves who are, who are pulling, who have pulled plugs, on full on full team, you know, uh, engagement here early early in the days. Um, 
these are all guys who are just allergic, who have spent the last 10, 20, 30 years of their lives. Like, I don't want to be a distraction. I don't want to be a distraction. And they go out, and they go out and create. I mean, that's been, that has been the biggest one. Just built in. Do not be a distraction at all. Like, yeah. That's except. Rule number one. <laughs> Except yeah. for, <laughs> Ex- except except for when you know when yeah when <sighs> when it when you're wearing you know a, a, a pride jersey and enters the picture. So it's funny. I think it's funny. Um, also, to pile on, Brooks Kepka. <laughs> what is <laughs> what a fan? Is he not a Panthers fan? <laughs> what All right. A week. So, so if you haven't watched, yeah. let me just bring the listener, dear listener, mm-hmm. up to speed here. If you haven't seen the video clip. Uh, Brooks Kepka appears to be calling Aaron Ekblad a traffic cone, and we know this because he has an actual traffic cone in his hand God, as he's talking. Aaron, I have a lot of questions about this, and, mm-hmm. and I think we're only ninety nine percent sure it's Brooks Kepka, golfer. But I think it seems I, that it's been confirmed elsewhere. We can never be one hundred percent sure of anything uh, by Brooks by Brooks Kepka's. Instagram page, which had a photo of him in the box wearing the same outfit <laughs> to the Panthers game two days ago that he appeared to be wearing was when he was screaming at Aaron. In, on Instagram, there was no there was no visible traffic cone, but it was him and all his boys wearing not uh, wearing track suits. I don't know if you picked up on that part of the of the video. Hmm. Did Did you notice that they were all wearing like Adidas Adidas track suits without undershirts underneath? So they're doing some kind of goofball, you know, theme. Boys Night Out thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what did Aaron like us with our athletic hoodies? Yeah, by right, the way, right I know. Now, with our matching, this is our 2022 Christmas gift, holiday gift. But go ahead. Thank you. Thanks, Adam and Alex in New York Times. The, the, uh, Craig, owner. What of did the, what did Aaron Eckblad do to Brooks Kapka? Is the I have is, a theory. Is my this. big question. I think they're okay. friends. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say they're friends. You're saying no. I bet you they're in, like, if, let's say, theoretically, we were friends. Let's Mm -hmm. make that leap. And number Mm -hmm. two, you were a defenseman in in the NHL, and I was a professional golfer. So, let's play this out. I would not go to cheer you on. I would Mm -hmm. go to the game to give you a hard time, (laughs) and I'd probably bring a traffic cone. There's, it's the only explanation for this, that, why else, where do you get a traffic cone? There is absolutely another explanation for this. Oh, okay. Take a it, look then? at Brooks. Like, what do you think Brooks, first off, whatever. What do you think he was doing all day? He's out with his boys in a, in a, in a box at, at, a, at an NHL game. Golfing? Right? I would imagine some beverages or, or you know, refreshments had been had, had been uh-huh. served. Okay. Um, And Brooks Kepka is a dick. <laughs> He is. Oh, is this, he picks. I, I didn't. He picks fights. He picks fight. Like he's he him. I mean, whatever. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. As far as Bryson DeChambeau is concerned, but like this guy has had no problem dragging people publicly on oh, camera in the past. And it's not guys who he likes. I'll say that much. This, this dude has a record of going after people who 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 bother him publicly. He's not like busting chops with a dude that he likes. If the, if if the shoe is on the other foot, and I were an NHL defenseman, and I looked up into a luxury box and saw you tell me I, I effing suck, point pointing at the traffic cone in a game that I was losing, in a season where I was struggling 
profoundly as Aaron Eckblad yeah, has. Is. He is, it hasn't been a great season. Buddy, I don't think I don't think that, that was fran- I don't think that was fun and I don't think that was friendly banner. I would There's I would be having that- a ball in this scenario. Brooks Kepka is from West Palm Beach. Like he's a local. He's from Florida. This dude is he, I, my question was like okay, is he from is he from California or is he from oh, like right. some is is it possible that he's just like a, was a fan of what other, of whatever other team was coming through and he wanted to go and, and and take shots at the at the enemy. No. This dude is from South Florida and he goes to a lot of Panthers games. I think he's just fed up with Aaron Eckblad and you know is expressing it in a very specifically Brooks Kepka kind of way. Here's the only problem with this if you're Brooks Kepka. I don't know how it, so let's say you're right and I'm wrong, which is possible. Sure, like he's just a diehard Panthers fan. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I get, and I apologize. We're spending way too much on this. It, let's say he is a a diehard Panthers fan who's just frustrated, and he's so he's he's taking it. I had a few beers, and he's taking it out. He brought brought the traffic cone through security somehow, or maybe it was sitting in the. It would be it would be pretty sloppy if they kept traffic cones just sitting in the concourse. Brooks Kapka, <sighs> for whatever it's worth, I don't think he's golfing that well right now. Like, I don't think he's won anything. No. And, and so, aren't you setting yourself up for Ekblad to come, like, full happy Gilmore taunting at the next tournament? Yeah. I would. If I'm if I'm Aaron Ekblad, I'm getting my buddies. We're throwing on some track suits, <laughs> and we're going to the Masters or whatever. He's not. No. He's not going to be in the Masters. He's a live tour guy. That's the <laughs> well, other funny that's part of this. <laughs> We're going to the whatever live to our place. Yeah, go, going to Saudi Arabia and watch, <laughs> watching a golf tournament there, so we can rag on Brooks Kefka. I mean, I'd love, to, I'd love to. Aaron, Ek, Aaron Ekblad has friends out there, man. Some someone needs to, someone needs to write this situation. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think Ekblad, though, I like he's you know you look at why the Panthers are are where they are. In a lot of ways, you know, it, it is. It's part and parcel with the way their season has gone, right? Like it, things aren't things aren't working out for him. They haven't been able to have success really for any sustained period of time. It's not, obviously not all his fault, but the results haven't been there. It's been up and down really throughout the course of the season. And just when you think that they were, you know, really making a run and going to seize on the fact that the Penguins and the Islanders aren't that good, you know, they go back they go back in a, in a kind of a tailspin. And, you know, like I said, we wake up here, it's Tuesday morning and their playoff odds, according to Dom, are down in the low 20s after they're almost cut in a th- cut in third compared to where they were last week. It's wild. My my Islanders keep on trucking. All right, we didn't leave, leave any time to talk about the Capitals, which I wanted to. So 30 seconds or less. I, I, less. I think Peter Laviolette's an interesting one. Doesn't seem like he's back, eh? That's the, you know what I mean? I think that was part of what uh, uh, Tarek's wrote. Tarek's written about it. Um, Pierre wrote about it yesterday in kind of an assessment on mm-hmm. what's going to happen with with the coaches whose deals are up this year and next. Um, no, it doesn't. It doesn't doesn't feel like he's going to be back. It feels like they're moving into some next phase of their of their organization. I think that's. I think it was a quasi predictable because Laviolette started the season without without a contract, and anytime that happens with any coach. You know, you gotta wonder if it's the writings on the wall, writings, writings on the wall there, right? I, I, and I know Brian McClellan is a guy you've spent a lot of time around. Like, I don't know, is there any? Yeah. Do you have any anything to say? Is there any? Is there any insight there in, into into his process as far as this is concerned? Well, he's. I mean, he's. Um, 
very thoughtful, I would say, um, and isn't, isn't going to do anything rash. And we'll, we'll play this out. But um, he's also not afraid, as we saw at the trade deadline, to be very decisive and, and make tough decisions. So I don't know if, if you're, you're letting him play through the last year of his or coach through the last year of his contract and then the season hasn't been great. Like, what, what were you looking for to, to you know, give an extension, right, if you're Brian McClellan? Probably not whatever's happened. So, and you know, it's not Peter Laviolette's fault that the team has gone into the tank when they were, you know, Brian McClellan had to do what he had to do with the trade deadline, which I yeah, thought was I the mean, right it's, move. It's nobody's, it's nobody's fault. Yeah, it's not, it's not Brian yeah. McClellan's fault either. It was a, that was a necessary move. If you have guys who you know don't, who you know financially or or, el- or otherwise don't figure into your plans for the future, right? You move those guys. And you reload. And I thought he's just, I mean, I know Rasmus Sandin, you know, he's racking up points, been a little bit of a mixed bag since he's been in the lineup there, mm-hmm. but you take him in the lineup long-term 10 times out of 10, if, if that's a, if that's a move you can make for a win now team. So yeah, it's a tough, tough, tough look maybe for, for the organiz- or organization overall, but I don't know. They'll be better off for it, but they, but they have, they have well and truly gone in the tank. All that being said, you know, for we can gas up McClellan, yeah. whatever we should, that team is done. And they have been for for you know for a couple weeks really. And you know it's a it's a trope or whatever. But Peter Laviolette's a guy you know, I guess shelf life. I hate that term with coach, but I think that's probably a real thing with Peter Laviolette. Like he's very demanding. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's a hard ass. It, there, it it just seems like a a natural opportunity to turn the page with whatever comes next in Washington. But we'll see, we'll see. It's finding that balance. Finding that balance between you know trying to maximize the next couple of years with Ovechkin and also addressing issues as they pop up, right? Like you, there, it's a yeah. tough line for McClellan to walk. And I think, yeah, it seems like that's the next part of it for sure. Brianna Decker joins us in the next segment, talking retirement, talking about reframing goals. She's a very goal oriented person, as I imagine most Olympic gold medalists are. She was, it was great. It was a great listen. And we'll be right back. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. We are now thrilled to be joined by oh how do we how do we even describe Brianna uh, Olympic gold medalist of course first and foremost most importantly uh, recently retired though which is we want to get into that a little bit and now a coach which you just I love uh, Brianna Decker joins the podcast Brianna thanks for doing this I know I know you've been busy yeah so thank thanks you. for having me you guys yeah uh, well first of all congratulations on I mean everything I know it's 
you, I, I don't know if you, we, we, we sometimes get people on here. We had Ryan Miller, he was going through a victory tour and he was actually able to like savor the, the, the tour. It seems like you're just like diving into work. What is, what has it been like <laughs> as the news kind of circulated about your retirement and, and your next steps? Yeah. Um, the good thing is about diving into work right away or work, I would say, um, coaching. I think, um, I, it distracted me from playing a little, bit so i think the transition was a lot easier for me but um i mean it's it was kind of surreal to actually say like hey i'm retiring from actually playing it was um, a little bit emotional um when i actually had to say it i kind of had my mind wrapped around it a little bit for a couple months but i really wanted to make sure i was making the right decision for myself and um you know, kind of also a little bit for my family too. I think that was the hard part mm. was my family's like, Oh, don't hang them up. Like you can still play another four years. But, um, you know, for me, I think I was just as the timing was right. And coaching right away at Shattuck has been a great fit and I'm enjoying it. And I'm finding a passion within coaching that I had found when I was playing. How do you, um, convince your family that that's the right call for you are you, are you like no I'm, I, you I'm not sure we're convinced to be honest i i would i'm in the four well, more years camp i was gonna bring out a sign and a chant okay. I um i think with my family it's like well first off i mean think about it like they've been able to go to some amazing places around the world um and my brother's like one of my brothers was like come on like train for italy you know and i'm like yeah. I'm like, what? I'm like, why do I need to continue to train? I mean, you know, like my younger brother played, he ended up playing D3 hockey. So he kind of, from a commitment of working hard working out every single day aspect, like obviously it's a little different from an Olympic standpoint, but you're still training for something. So he understands, like, I get it. Like you are, you know, you put a lot of work in. So when they, when they look back and they like look at how much work I put in they understand. Um, but I think they're just like, oh, you still have a morning yet. I'm like, you know, may- maybe, but I'm I'm in the right spot right now. I'm in the right mindset of where I want to be. How is your leg? Like, how, how are you feeling yeah. physically? Yeah, um, good. I honestly, I would say, so, I mean, I had surgery last February. I didn't feel great until like maybe November. It took like a while for me to like not feel it at all. Um, and then, of course, cold Minnesota winters. I was like, man, why is my leg so achy? <laughs> so, I, I have got an idea. a plate and screws <laughs> and stuff in there. So. Makes sense, but um, it's feeling pretty good. I mean, I would say like even coaching when I'm on the ice, I'll get a puck off the skate and it like kind of ricochets mm. up. So it kind of does, it bothers me a little bit. So that was probably about 30% of one of the reasons why I was like, I think this is just like a good time. So um, you said you, you put coaching in air quote or working in air quotes when, when it came to coaching. Yeah. So is it is it still very much fun for you or like what is the, what's yeah. that been like for you? It, yeah, like I don't, I don't even view it as work because um, I, I enjoy it so much. Like these kids are elite. Um, they have an opportunity to. A lot of them are going D one. Um, we have a couple girls going D three next year, and it's just it's amazing to see their commitment and their passion for it. And I was like, I kind of see myself in those same shoes. I mean, I think it's different. You know, me having the opportunity to come back to a place where I went to school uh, for four years, and so it's just I have that drive to like get them to the next level um and i just i have a lot of fun with them they make me laugh of course i'm serious and stern at times but um i want to get the most out of them every single day with some laughs behind it so this is your first season with shattuck right you you hadn't i mean you wouldn't have had much time to yeah work with them in any kind of yeah any kind of official capacity when did that 
when did that kind of hit your radar? Like when, when were you like, this is a, I, I mean, we, we know you went there, but when did that turn into a real thing where you're yeah. like, I want to go back and I want this to be a big part of, you know, what comes next? Yeah. So, well, about like four years, it was after the 2018 Olympics, hmm. Coach Stafford, Gordy Stafford, here at Shattuck, he's been running a girls program for over 17 years now. He gives, he, you know, he told me, he's like, Hey, I want you to come back and work. I'm like, ah, no, Gordy. Like I gotta, I gotta focus on training. I'm training right now and it's too hard for me to double dip. And so he's like, all right. So I'm not kidding. I, um, I get back from breaking my leg at the Olympics on February, like 21st, 22nd. And I get a phone call in the hotel bed before surgery the next day. And it was Gordy. He's like, so what do you think? I'm like, can you give me a second to breathe here? But like, he's also like, He's like a dad to me though. Like we have a really great relationship. So, uh, you know, it wasn't like, it wasn't ex- exactly how it sounds, but I was like, he goes, well, the reason I'm calling is because I know you're going to be on bed rest for about two weeks. And I figured you could think about it for two weeks. I was like, yeah, you're right. Um, so I, I, you know, when he called me, I was like, this is going to be a right, the right setup for me. Um, honestly, the lifestyle is amazing as far as like, you know, we get breaks with school, we get summers kind of off a little bit more. So from a, life work balance it's like it's incredible um and i think you know i just like i said i'm around around genuine people who really care about getting these kids to the next level we 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 talked before you before we started recording i mean you you gotta like these people you're about to be on a bus with them for 15 hours (laughs) driving from 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 school to dallas for nationals right (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm glad I have headphones too, right, for the bus, <laughs> but, um, he, no, like the, the kids are great. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think, like I said, like they, they have a, the right mindset as far as getting to that next level, but then also, um, you know what, they're kids, they make mistakes. Um, but it's fun to be able to use my experiences that I've had, um, whether it was at prep school, college, national team to kind of help them navigate through some of this stuff and help develop them, develop them. So I, I remember having a conversation once with, Florence Schelling, she, uh, Swiss goalie back in the day. Yeah. And she, she, yeah, Northeastern. Yeah, yeah, Northeastern. Yeah, you know. And, and yeah. she, um, she had a, a, like a terrible ski accident. And she said it was that time recovering in bed that I just thought of that when you were talking about bed rest, that really mm-hmm. kind of transformed her mentally into what she was going to do next. And it like it ended up being this moment in time that she, I think, felt was beneficial in terms of hitting, you're so goal driven and you're so, as a as an elite athlete, so uh, you know, working towards the next thing in training, you don't take those breaks. So I was just curious when you said you had that that stretch where you where you you're in bed. Like, did that? What was going through your mind, and how much did that kind of shape your future? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure Florence can say. They, I mean, her ski accident was crazy. I, mean, I remember yeah. that. Um, but she, yeah, like I mean, I would <laughs> I would break my leg three times over before I had to go through what she went yeah. through. But um, you know, I think for me. It was, I was at my like lowest moment as an athlete coming back from the Olympics, not being able to play, getting hurt there. Um, you know, being, yeah, being on bed rest, I couldn't put any weight on my leg. Um, so I think for me, it was, yeah, a lot of reflection time. Um, and I, you know, kind of, yeah, kind of deciding what I wanted to do, but I know I, I was really open to coming back and playing. And I was like, at the end of the day, I was like, my, my goal again, like I'm super goal oriented and that's how exactly how a lot of elite athletes are. So it's like my goal at that point was like, all right, I want to be running by June 1st. And, um, I was able to accomplish that. And then after that, I was kind of like, okay, now what, like now what, like now what should I, should I really dive into coaching? And 
I'd already told Shattuck I was coming back, but I to coach, but I hadn't decided. I was like, Hey, I'm not deciding if I'm done playing yet. I want to kind of give it a full, full year. Um, and so, um, I definitely, but your mind is a crazy powerful thing. And so when I was sitting there for two weeks, uh, my mind was going through everything as far as like, am I ready to be done? Am I not? Um, you know, and I just leaned on my family for a lot of things and fa- friends obviously as well. Was there any, um, I mean, what, was there a moment that tipped you over into deciding that it was time to like really transition and in, into the next phase of things? Like, was, was it just coming back and not feeling like, how, how did, how do you make that decision? Cause I, I know that's tough. And I know like when, especially athletes as elite as you, the question becomes like, am I okay coming back if I'm a lesser, lesser version on, on ice of, of the player yeah. I was before? Like, how, how do you, how do you, how'd you decide to be mm-hmm. done basically? Yeah, that was, that was one thing I was like, I didn't feel ready to come back as far as like injury wise for a while. Um, there's one thing that, you know, I realized throughout the summer, um, and then starting up here in the fall is like my stress levels went like way down. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I didn't realize how much stress I put on myself, um, to be one of the best players, every single camp. to want to be the best player, every camp, um, to make the biggest impact on my my team as much as possible. It's like, I didn't, I didn't realize that stuff until I didn't do it and didn't prepare for the the camp that was going on in August, um, after the Olympics. So when I came to school to work, I I was like in coach, I was like, man, I've been like mentally, I just feel so like relieved. And I was like that I'm like, okay, that moment of like, that might be it of like, okay, this is time to move on to the next thing. It's interesting. I think of, how much the sport has changed in you know the years since you were a 14 year old or whatever going to Shaddix to the 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 kids you're coaching now what do you see that that is the same and what do you see that's different with the group oh i'll start with different i think um first off these kids are like from a skill level strictly skilled these kids are way more skilled i think than when we were free here now from the simplistic aspect of hockey of chipping the puck or going at it and getting getting worked on competing um i would say it's they don't have that as much mm-hmm. um so i'm coming back here and i'm like trying to teach them like guys a simple chip is what's going to make the best play here you going and battling in the corner is what's going to cough the puck up <laughs> and then that's how we're going to have more offensive well, you are all it's, in it's on like the coaching side love this. This, gr- this transition coach. is happening <laughs> holy cow great coach Decker. <laughs> let's go yeah, so okay but my mind my mind did work like this as a player but it just made me a little faster right <laughs> yeah um but yeah so i think that's like the biggest difference is like how skilled they are it, like they're more skilled than we were but like for me like compete and like hard working mentality i like to call it like the blue collar like work mentality they, they they don't have that as much it's not as instilled you gotta find girls to like make them do that stuff hmm. that's great that's great <laughs> what so, kind of, okay, uh, man, okay go, no, go <laughs> no 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 I, so it's funny i just I, I love like that you know that that point in your life and you, you're making so many decisions and you're help, now you're guiding all these players through that and you know where they're going to go to college and all that and i remember reading one time you wrote a letter to yourself and I love that concept uh, as a kid you, you, and then you, you open it up whenever and it's, you're getting guidance. Can you tell that story or share what was in that letter? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, it was a unique thing that our, one of our fourth grade teachers did uh, with elementary school. I went to from endowsman. Uh, they had us write a letter to ourselves in fourth grade, you know, whatever you want to be when you grow up, where do you want to go? And, um, 
And then I, you get it as a senior. And like, I mean, when you're a fourth grader, you're like, okay, I'm never going to get this letter back. And you, I got it back. Like I went to my parents' That's house, amazing. right? So I opened it up when I'm a senior and it said like, at the end of it, it says, I want to be, I want to go to the uh, play for the University of Wisconsin Badgers. Wow. And I <laughs> want to be a dentist. And I'm like, Okay, the dentist thing didn't work out. <laughs> oh, you won, you're one it, for two, though. <laughs> yeah, 50%. Yeah. I was like, this is awesome. So, I mean, like, it was, it was a, it's a really cool aspect of, like, how they did things with that. But I'm like, again, like, goal setting mm-hmm. for the biggest future. I mean, you know how many young kids, too, want to be like, oh, I want to play for whatever Chicago Blackhawks. But it's like, it's super cool when that end up ha- when ends up happening. So. It, came, it came true for you. When I was in fourth grade, I think I wanted to be the shortstop for the Pittsburgh Pirates and also an astronaut. Mm-hmm. And I was... I was, I was go? Oh, yeah, not, cr- <laughs> not great. I host, I host a podcast with Craig, so you tell me. Well, well, yeah, there you go. well you really, under, you really under, underdid yourself there. Yeah. So, <laughs> my fourth grade, I, it was actually a letter to myself said I want to have a podcast with Sean in the year 20. I don't know what I don't know what a podcast. Way to hit it. Can I ask about goal setting? Because not like it seems as a player, goal setting is is almost easier. It's it's be I mean not easier in terms of accomplishing it, but easier in terms of setting it. Now that you're kind of embarking, and we'll get to maybe some of the PHF stuff next, but like you're embarking on a completely different part of your life. What what do those goals look like? How specific are they when you sit down and do them? Well, it's funny because. So when I first announced my retirement, kind of my family, my brother's like, all right, congrats, great career. Uh, Now it's time to do all those things you did as a player, as a coach. And I'm like, okay. So (laughs) So he's setting the goals. I like that. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, those, yeah, exactly. Probably want to travel again. But um, I think those are like my, you know, I would love to be successful as a coach um, as much as I was as a player, as far as like winning and being like all that. That, Those are like big term, big long term goals. Um, I think as, as a coach on an everyday basis, um, I would say I want to be able to change these kids in some aspect. I want them to learn something every single day. Um, you know, and I'm with coaching with Gordy Stafford here. Um, he's got, he's like a mind, his mind is incredible. And, um, like I said, he impacted me and he was probably the most impactful coach I I had. And I want to be able to do that to these kids. And so that is a goal of mine. Um, and then, you know, I think, I want to continue to just like show these kids that um, team really matters the most. Um, and I look out, look at my career. I mean, I've been, I was on teams that we had probably the most talent, but we didn't win at the end of the day. And it's like vice versa. We have teams that, you know, people just understand their roles and get things done. And so it's like, those are the goal settings. I think it's definitely different because it's a little bit more out of your control, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, you're going to have different, different kids every year. Um, you know, and some kids are going through stuff on a weekly basis. Some kids don't go through as much adversity, but it's like a matter of impacting them and, and guiding them. Those are like the, just the goals for the week. And, and now it's like this next week, we have nationals coming up and our goal is obviously to win the end at the end of the year tournament. Do you ever find yourself like having the impulse to remind, like if, if these, if the kids are being kids and maybe not listening to you, is there ever the impulse to like, send them to your Wikipedia page or something or be like, all right, listen, I was like, <laughs> seriously, like, I was wondering li- where like you're going with that. listen to me, I listen like to me. Like yeah. I, I've, I've done, I, I I've done X, day. X, Y, Z. Cause, cause they're, cause they're kids I, and, they, yeah. and, they, and they need that. They need that sort of we, stuff. Yeah. We've had like definitely had moments. Um, when I had the opportunity to coach at U18 worlds again this year for the U S team, I came back and I was like, guys, these are the lessons that I think you need to grasp when 
um, you know, when you're going through your journey, like mm-hmm. making sure that, um, you know, that you're like taking care of business, being selfless, working hard. Um, but like, it's like all these, when I went there, I just learned a lot. And then I come back and these kids do, they're like, okay. And I go, and the one thing I said was like, just listen to your coaches. Like, <laughs> we know what we're talking about. Like, and they're like, well, we know. And it's like, no, but like, sometimes you guys just don't listen. And then I'm like, and, and like, and then like the guy, the guys coaches here at Shattuck are incredible. The amount of experience that they have, like Tom Ward has been around the game forever. He's coaching the NHL. He's come back. And it's like, those guys, like I'm listening to them Mm -hmm. because I'm like, I I'm soaking up everything I can. And it's like having an open mind is like, what's so important. So I wanted to ask you about, Reagan Carey and and her kind of pitch to to get you involved with the, the PHF. W- 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 you know, I don't pretend to understand the complications between the you know I guess two sides or however you want to say. It. <laughs> yeah, no, you don't, yeah, I, I don't have but, to. Like, yeah. I know there's way more than we know or whatever. But like, what was? I mean, you've known Reagan a long time, so I'm sure it, you know she didn't have to convince you that she knows what she's talking about. But what was that that conversation like? Yeah, I mean, like she said, she had so much success within our U.S. program. She changed it around from when I kind of entered yeah. the school in 2010 to mm-hmm. 2018. I mean, she, um, the one thing I really respect about her is that as much as she is like um, cultural driven, she's very business driven mm-hmm. too. And like, so she's kind of got that good balance between the two. Um, and the cultural piece matters most to her. Um, but she is a driven person where she doesn't want anything like fail. So I, I mean, I was involved with, I, I was, I played, I played for every pro league. So I'm the right okay. person to talk That's to, right. I guess, but, um, you know, playing in the NWHL and then going back and then playing for the PWHPA and being involved with that as a player. And in the spring, you know, Reagan kind of called me up and I was like, you know what? I'm kind of at a standstill with the PWHPA. Cause I hadn't been like, I, I feel like I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't mm-hmm. a voice. And, you know, part of that, I'll be honest, like part of it's probably on me and not getting involved in all that stuff. But I was kind of sadly kind of worn out with how everything had been. So when Reagan asked me to come back, I was like, um, you know, you know, work for me. I was like, yeah, absolutely. I'll do what I can. And I, she understood that, you know, like my full-time job is being here, but I'm like, I'll try to help out in any certain way. Um, and so if she did, again, she didn't take much convincing, but um, I just look at like that this league is only going to continue to rise above and continue to get better and get more money behind um, these players to play. And it sounds like you're a bit of a sounding board for the players, right? You can be that connection. W- like, what are what are some of the conversations or concerns they have? Or what are those, you know, wh- what does that mean as a sounding board? Yeah, it's mostly concerns. It's like, that's the one thing when I was playing in any any of the pro leagues I played in, NWHL, um, PWHPA, or um, CWHL, when that was around, like, all of them lacked a little yeah. bit of structure. Like, rather it was like, because, I mean, a lot of, some of these people and coaches like it's it wasn't a full-time job for them because we you know they're not getting paid that so it's like if a coach shows up late to practice it's like for us we're like well what the hell and then for you know the coaches they're like well i'm sorry i had to drop my kid off at daycare or pick him up or like whatever i just got out of work like it's like reality and so but as players it's like hey we signed up for this and like like this is what we're like, we expect kind of the best you know and so now i'm kind of that sounding board for if there is concerns about practice structure if there's concerns about training and um, you know, workout space and um, it, whether it's players <clears throat> or coaches that need to talk to me about things that could be different. Um, I, I do the best that I can for those teams and those players. Um, you know, I think though I've had, you know, I've had some good conversations with them and it's like, at the end of the day, it's like all these conversations evolve, like 
are around how can we make this league bigger and better so that when these college kids come up mm-hmm. the next couple of years, it's more professional mm-hmm. than ever. How, how much thought is put into what the PHL f- will look like two years down the line or three years down the line when, you know, the assumption is that there will be another league, you know, the, the PWHPA league, whatever yeah. form that takes. I mean, I still, yeah, I, I still, to this day, like we need to have one league. Um, I mean, imagine there's two NHLs or whatever. It's like, it would just, it would just be tough. Um, and I look at how strong rooted the like WNBA is. And I think, you know, it's like, I, we need to have something like that. Um, you know, so rather we combine or figure something out, I think that would be the best thing. But as far as like, our, like I said, Reagan is such a, his, her, her vision on things is future too. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what she did so well with our US team. And so um, I think it's just like her figuring out that stuff and just guiding us, um, you know, representatives and director of ops people who mm-hmm. are with her. Um, you know, we're just going to do whatever it takes to get that to, to like a more professional and, you know, great atmosphere for these players. All right. Last thing for me, you're going on a, what do we say? 15 hour bus ride. Mm-hmm. Are you a movie watcher, podcasts or books? Like what is, what is your like either to improve or get better or just entertain yourself on something like that what's your strategy yeah i think the one good thing is that we're busting overnight oh, so, so sleep sleep, hopefully sleep. <laughs> hopefully sleep hopefully sleep but you know what i have realized as i've gotten older it's super like more it's, uncomfortable it gets worse, so. yeah. um but i definitely yeah it gets worse i know it does but so um but i'm gonna i'm going to i'll probably put a show on of some sort um but I got to find a good one in the next uh probably you know seven eight hours john's your man I always go yep. to Sean for Rex. Uh, I'm watching whatever that that um Apple TV um the, the with Harrison Ford and their therapist. Have you watched? Yeah, you seen with that one? Harrison Ford and Jason Segel. Yeah. It's really good. It's really good. Shrink. shrink I don't know. Or shrinking. Uh, oh, sh- the shrink, shrinking. The shrink, right? shrinking yeah. Or shrinking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's really like it's got yeah. a lot of heart. Anyways, that's my rec. I don't know. Yeah. I was about to. Okay. I was about to wreck Yellow Jackets because that's because uh, that's a it's a good it's a Showtime show that just started their second season. Um. But it's about oh perfect yeah. But it's about um it's about a soccer team that it, that gets into uh, a plane crash on their way to on their way Come to national. On, so I, I I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to be a, I was not that's trying to be worst. a smartass there. I well I almost said it and just just because it's a great really entertaining that yourself, show that just started its second season and I'm like that can't be that okay. that can't, or Ted that Lasso. can't be the or you answer. You can watch season three of Ted okay. Lasso. You can, Ted, yeah, great yeah, British, yeah, great yeah, British. Maybe I'll start with that and then when that happens, <laughs> just watch Great Great British Bake Off. Just like knock out a couple seasons of that. That'll be fun perfect. and light and, yeah, and, and chill. Yeah, mindless. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, Brianna, thank you for joining us. And thanks. Uh, yes. Congratulations again on all the accomplishments. We know you're not done. We know you're going to set goals and probably be running that program and winning championships or whatever it is. So uh, it's exciting to see what's next. And and we appreciate the time. Yeah, thank you both. Yeah, thank you. That was a great conversation with Brianna Decker, at least until Sean made his you know, recommendation on what she should watch. Uh, aside from that, I thought that was really really a great chat it was one of the one of those things where i thought of it and was about to say it out loud and it was such a stupid i, I had to <laughs> i had i had to share it like it was it was such a bad call that i had to i had to share it with the yeah. class no i i admire that but well, no, I, do. <laughs> I don't know she like she couldn't get out gotten off that zoom faster i think after that it's not tr- don't say that that's not true uh wish them well in their in their tournament safe travels um coming up next is our third segment 
the only the best the only good segment on the show can't say that anymore though Se- yeah. second segment I think has emerged but we'll be right back it's great it's when mm. we take your question you you the listener and read them for the first time and respond to them we'll be right back this episode is supported by FX's Clipped the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world the series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This is the only good segment on the show. It's when we take comments and questions and remarks from the very loud squirrel that is outside my window right now that completely just distracted me this dude was was about to felt like he was about to come through the window uh but yeah go to the comment section ask us things tell us things do our jobs for us it's remarkable how many like are, are you, were you surprised me to see people actually find this for the first time after I'm I'm after always surprised this, every, like every time. time so the way we do this is we record the earlier segments and then we just we both open the app at the same time to see if there's any comments and I'm al- I'm always prepared to like <laughs> for the plan B when there's yeah. no comments yeah where people just are like we're not doing this it has so, yet to so, happen it has yet to ha- you so uh, this is again the this is the weekly thank you to everybody who goes and, and to get a question into the segment you have to um Download the athletic app, which I'm sure you're all you all have. At this sure. point. Um, hey, sure. did you know that? Did um, you know that we're running a special? For, it's a dollar for a month for a year. Did you know that that was happening? For like two for more a- days. Better hurry up <laughs> if you want that deal. Um, download the app. Then you go to you got to click on the listen tab, and then you got to find the athletic hockey show. Then you have to know who our previous week's guest was. Right. Or our latest guest was. In this case, it was Katie Strang. If you didn't listen to that episode, she was great talking about the Harvard hazing story. Um, and then you have to, I think, click details? <laughs> Comment? I don't know. There's like three you more down- steps. Craig, you and download like, oh, the app. Here. You tap on the listen. Mm-hmm. You find the athletic hockey show. You scroll down. As you said. And then, and then click on details. Yes. And then you, and then after you click on details, you click on comments, mm-hmm. and then there's a little box at the bottom where you can write. Mike H says, "Wow, this was exactly as hard to find as promised." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm only here to post my quote unquote joke about hashtag Tuesday Boys with three Z's. Only he spelled out Z's. That's Z's. very funny, <laughs> and was corrected. Yeah, thanks for joining us, Mike H. Um, and it's that is an incorrect hashtag. I also don't, for the record, I don't endorse the Tuesday Boys with three Z's hashtag. I, do. I don't use it. Guess what? I think I don't like Z's as like a. If you want to like, I hate like businesses that like it's like kids are K I D D Z. Like, why do we do Cars that for to spell kids. things correctly? Yeah, like don't do, it. It really bothers me. Spell things we the found, right way. We everybody found the thing that really borrows that, that really bothers. This you. is it. Also, yeah, this is it. Also, Cars for Kids does not use a Z. You of course they one? don't, because they're probably a great organization that's doing great things. One eight seven seven Cars for Kids. 
K-A-R-S, cars for kids. Oh, it's K-A-R-S? cars for kids. Just spell it C-A-R-S. Donate your car today. K is even worse. The K is even worse. with that letter, yeah. Got to Gotta yeah, limit limit the number of K's you use in your business name. I would say. Sometimes businesses don't, and I'm like, mm, just spell things mm. the right way if you're opening a business. If you think it's clever or funny or memorable to spell it with a K or a Z, it's not. It just God, it really bothers me. I'm this. I'm the way with puns. I'm that way with puns. I know people love joking about puns on Twitter or whatever, and it's like, oh, haha. You know, isn't this funny because it's such a bad pun? Or spoonerisms when you flip the initials where it's like, you can't what, do it. Spoon A spoonerism. What? Okay, I'm, I'm informing a you of something today, I guess. It's, it's when you like take- Ryan when Spooner? You, Ryan Spoonerism. Natalie Spoonerism, yes. It's when you take the first initials of two words and split them. So, you, it doesn't work with your name because your name's alliterative. Um, but like- Jeff Domet becomes Def Jomet. Oh, that made me cringe. Yeah, I don't like that either. People think they're funny. Who does that? Nobody, I, it's, a, oh. it's, a, it's a Twitter thing. It's a Twitter thing. Is it funny it, when you call me Greg Gustins? Is that funny to you? I think that's really funny. Hmm. I think it's always I been funny, and I think it's always going to be funny. I, I don't find it funny. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Slurms, Slurms um, I don't want to weigh in on this because I have a lot of thoughts. That I'm saving for, for, for the what? proper moment in time. For what? He, say, he talks about the Lightning's approach at the trade deadline. Oh, oh I thought you I were talking. Okay, okay, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Slurms, Slurms had two comments. And I, th- I thought you were saying you had Jersey thoughts that, that you're I saying. Don't, for I the, do for not the right care time. about jerseys. I know you don't. Well, guess what, no brother? A lot, of, a lot of your audience does. I hate to break it to you. Mm-hmm. That's fine. I think that's great. I am happy everyone else does. I. No, I was responding. He he said, are yeah. we, you know, with, with the Lightning do every year, you look at the trade they made for Janot, it looks like an overpay. Mm-hmm. I am not willing to say it is because what people forget is you're not just acquiring the player, you're acquiring the cap space. That's what they're doing. So, there's a price to be paid. These are not overpays. They're actually really smart with the Lightning do year after year after year. And I'm surprised more teams that are squeezed against the cap don't do it because the Lightning end up fielding a team, if you add up the actual player's worth year after year in the playoffs, worth way more than the cap. They're Mm -hmm. super smart in Tampa. So I guess I lied. I I do have thoughts on it. I don't think they lose the trade deadline ever. I think they win it every year, including this year. Uh, They won it. By a landslide. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine what your next what project this is going to come up with for regarding. Okay, um, it's, it's going to be really good. Totally, I'm sure. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. <sighs> I love the process. I love the idea. I understand the concept of acquiring cap space along with a player. I, I people just have a problem with Tanner Janot as a player. That's it. Like that's like the question is whether he is it is does having Tanner Janot on your hockey team make you better? And that's the debate. And that's what people are going to be debating for the rest of the season and for the next couple is like, would you be better off, you know, going and getting someone else? Like, does Tanner Janot make your team better? And I think that I think based on the way he's played this season. You know he's been he's been good for the Lightning. I, I don't I don't, don't want to rag on that. 
and I'm trying to walk the line here, honestly, because like I, I conceptually, I love it. Like this is like the fact that they just keep doing it. And like Slurm said, you know, um, like Nick Paul last year, perfect, perfect addition. There, Barkley Goodrow is a hero, turns into a hero and signs a gazillion for a gazillion dollars with the Rangers, thus Nick negating some of the value that he brought to the Lightning's lineup because it was cheap and whatever else. Um, but I, I think the, I think Slurm's core question is like, do you really want to say they lost the trade so quickly? And like, no, uh, me, nope. cer- certainly not. I think they won the trade. I'm more inclined no, I mean, to think. I'm not mad at Nashville. Like, what, I mean, David Poyle has no. to do that trade. We, it's just, I mean, like, yeah, Poyle breaks his fingers tr- trying to call the trying to call that one in, right? Like, like you you do whatever it you do whatever it takes. You throw desks out of the way and like phone that one in before before the off, the offer vanishes because it's unbelievable and it's a perfect trade for it's a perfect trade for Nashville for sure. But that doesn't inherently mean that you know Tampa lost it either. So all these people like I, I Slurms has picked the wrong boys. Hashtag Tuesday boys Tuesdays. Mm. When it comes to this, because I think we're both on board. Like we're both lightning pilled, yeah. both of us still. Like for for better for better yeah. or worse. So happy anniversary, to John Cooper. Ten years, Reed Joe Smith. <laughs> How about that, man? Ten years. So let me tell a quick story. Gosh, mm-hmm. this, oh, yeah, go all for producer it. Producer Jeff said all. Producer Jeff said was, "Hey, let's keep that last segment tight." The only but reason he said time. that is because you have a call that you need to get on. <laughs> 45 minutes. Who cares? Um, John Cooper gets called up from the AHL and is staying at that Marriott right by the rink. I get <laughs> sent to Tampa to, I was at ESPN the magazine at the time for yeah. a week. This was this was like magazine heyday to That's talk to Stephen Stamkos. It was just like, I had a like 300 word story to write or whatever. Actually, the real story was we were doing a first-person story. Stephen Stamkos was writing a letter to his younger self, which ties in a little bit with what Brianna Decker was. It was actually a really good uh-huh. thing in the Mac. Anyways, so John Cooper, who I'd only spoken to on the phone, we're both in the same hotel. And I'm like, and he's just like, hey, let's go grab a beer. And we just, like, it was like hanging out with somebody you knew. And I know everyone says this about John Cooper, but it was like, it was incredible. Yeah. I'm like, this guy is amazing. I hope he never changes. And he's won a bunch of cups and he's been highly successful. And it's easy to see why, because I would have loved to play for him. Like he just seems like somebody that um, understands the leadership motivation side and has kept that team together. And, and of course he's loaded, you know, the team's loaded, but the, I think he's been the perfect coach for that team. And, and, you know, there, it, it was just really cool to, to kind of see, be in that moment in time with him as you saw this career about to skyrocket. And I could have predicted it. I'm sure I did. Whatever podcast I was recording that week, <laughs> not with Sean Gentilly. I, no, certainly not. I think he's one of those guys, and I, I think you know, I think of this in terms of actors a lot of the time, where you see guys who have to grind it out for a few years, and it takes a while for them to get famous. Maybe they don't get their big break until they're in their thirties or whatever. Pedro Pascal comes to mind, right? Like he, you know, he's like everybody's favorite favorite dude right now because of his success in the mandalorian and because of the last of us and all like whatever but that guy got well into his career before he broke he had to take a he had a bunch of small thankless you know pointless kind of roles where he was just dude number five in a, in, a, in a movie right but now he's at his break and he's just this 
grateful, personable, charismatic, you know, delightful mm-hmm. dude who everybody seems to like. And I think that, and I always, that's sort of the print. And I've, and I've heard actors talk about this, like whether on podcasts or whatever, but it's like, yeah, if you struggle a little bit, it, you're better off for it. And, it. and if you don't find success when you're 19 or 22 or 24, and if you have to like, you know, kind of, you know, uh, shovel shit for a few years, <laughs> then you're yeah. better off for it down the line. It, it turns you into a better, more well-rounded, more interesting person because you haven't just been like in the actor rabbit hole for, for your entire adult life, right? And that's this kind of principle that I always think of with guys like Cooper, who are, you know, of course, he's a smart, was a smart dude and a successful dude, but he was not, you know, a particularly, you know, he had to grind it out in the hockey yeah. world till he's pretty, pretty far, pretty far into his, in, into his career. Right. And that's well, always what if, I think of. If you're of a lawyer talk trying about, to become an NHL coach, like, yeah. you have to earn everything you get. Like there was totally nothing handed to John Cooper. A hundred percent. So that right? takes a while. He wasn't, and he wasn't coming from the world of, you know, uh, the pipeline that we see with so many coaches where it's like they play juniors and then they're pros. And then after pros, they get into maybe do a little bit of announcing or maybe they go into like player development. And then before you know it, they're head coaches and whatever. John Cooper is an adult with, uh, with real life experiences that were not tethered to hockey in any way at all. And I think that comes through mm. with the way he speaks. And I think it comes through with the way he deals with people because that guy had to do other shit for years until he, until he got mm. his big break as a coach. And that's something that I always think of when you see him, like when you talk to him or when you see him talk to others, like I'm like, this guy had to figure it out as a human being before he figured it out as a hockey coach. And I think there's something to be said for that. This concludes lightning hour, the third segment. <laughs> the Pedro Pascal, we, 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 John we, Cooper comparison that you didn't know you needed today. Congratulations, everybody. We did it. They're doing good things down there. Um, Michael K. Uh, is wondering how many shows can I actually make in a row? Because this is a bit of, I got a bit of a Ripken streak going right now. This is like, what do I, three or four? No, because we missed the NHLTMs. We skipped a week. I don't know if that so one counts. Two? I feel like, I feel like. That doesn't it, count? If, I feel like if you count shows that you and I did together, yeah, we're probably, we're, we're on a good little streak. Well, and guess what? Guess what, Michael K? I'm out next week. Sorry. Max is in. Max is in. Um, let's just, you know, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. This Another question. <laughs> Can I ask this one? I, I think this is Slurms, but there was a couple references to this. You were a little hard on fanatics, Sean. I thought you were. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Did they get to you, you were, too? I mean, they get to me? No, they they didn't. I don't. I, I have no opinion. Um, but the slurms and, and the question is: Is there anything they can do to make this right? Stop selling jerseys for one hundred fifty dollars that that shrink in, you know, crack and fall apart in the wash. That's it. Make better shit. It's the, it's the solution, and we'll okay. see it. We'll see if it happens. Guess what? Got got a lot of time to see if it works out or not. We'll see what fanatics looks like in Ten five years. or six years. Uh, I just want to say welcome back to Caleb B. He's said, yeah, oh, it's been a minute since he's listened, and uh, he's he's enjoying it. So Craig's voice is the stuff of legends. He says, "That's true." Old velvet pipes, Legend. Gustins. 
the comments this week also turned into a referendum on um, the way I pronounce certain words, which mm. I think was kind of inevitable because I've had some issues over the last couple of weeks, let's say. What, what was the, the hell word you butchered a couple I weeks ago? I can't remember. And it was like, it was something seismic. that I- It was seismic. Seismic. Yeah. I blame them on being a regionalism, which is not true, but it's, it's just me not knowing how to say something. But in my defense, nine times out of 10, if I mispronounce something, it is because I grew up in southwestern Pennsylvania, which is just hermetically sealed from the rest of the world for for however long and developed its own weird, incorrect uh, kind of linguistic tics. So I'll, I'll blame that. Okay. Um. The one specifically that Nick P said, and I, this was, uh, this, but this, again, also just a mistake that I made. It's Mikhail Granlund who plays for the Pittsburgh Penguins and who has played for the Nashville Predators and Minnesota Wild for years. I had broken myself of the habit of calling him Michael or Mikhail. The correct way to say it is Mikhail. And for whatever reason, like I just backslid last week and called him Michael, Michael Granlund. And I, I hate it. I hate, like, we can sit here and joke about, you know, mispronouncing seismic or whatever. I hate mispronouncing Lancaster. people's names. Well, Lancaster's well, correct, different. by the way. That's different. Yeah. That's different. Like, there's regional things. Even, so, uh, you know, like, yeah. Chris J, by the way, like, for the record, but before we, before we even go further into that, Chris J says, Sean is pronouncing Lancaster the proper Lancaster County way. So props to that because far too many do not. So I was correct about that. But Mikhail okay, Granlin and seismic, regional. absolutely not. Okay. But I hate I hate I hate screwing up people's names because people screw up my name and it drives me crazy. It's like a very disrespectful thing to like knowingly mispronounce someone's name or or not care enough to figure it out. So I do feel bad. I I I hate I hate doing it. That's, I mean, don't be so hard on yourself. I don't. Jeez. I I threw up after the record last last week. <laughs> if you want to know the truth. <laughs> Sick. I'm gonna it. end unless you have anything else to add. No. Um, uh, it's worth noting Shayna has a podcast, Too Many Men. I, I, we, we can plug that because mm-hmm. people are trying to trade us for her um, <laughs> constantly. Um, Adam B., I think we'll give Adam B. the last word. So Gary conducted a survey, and it told him that many fans don't mind fanatics and maybe even love them. So, you know I'm on Team Gary. Can't wait for those fanatics jerseys to skate past the electronic board ads, baby. It's just a dream dream scenario for some of the NHL's focus group participants, yes? Don't forget to subscribe to The Athletic Hockey Show on YouTube where Sean and I are perfectly normal and not <laughs> stiff at all as we try to keep our heads within the three skinny screens. Guys being normal. The, the, That's the name of our the, YouTube show. <laughs> I thought this, the is actually, this, is actually, okay. this is actually a normal way to sit. Mm. Katie did it's, great. It's the I'm the YouTube is growing on me. So so subscribe to that. Give it a follow or whatever. You smash thing. Smash the button. Um. Also, hey, a dollar per month for twelve months. Of the athletic. This is if you go to the athletic. Wow. Slash hockey show. H o c k e y. Sure, spell hockey. I don't know. I spelled that. It's all. It's in all caps on the reading thing. I'm like, I'm turning it around. Sounds like the first time you spelled it out loud. Honestly, hockey. I, I felt. I almost got it wrong. This offer stands until the end of the month, which is not that far away. Nope. We got. We're we're back next week with. I mean, we aren't. Sean and guest co-hosts. 
Is it Maximilian? I don't think that's right. Why are we putting big names? <laughs> it's <here>? Maxwell. Maximilian <laughs> <okay>. Baltman. <laughs> Max Baltman. Um, Maxwell. Maximilian. Maximus. That's it. Maximus. Enjoy the show with he's 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 the best. One of these days we'll just hand him the thing. <laughs> So. Have a great uh, thanks to producer Jeff for lining up Brianna Decker, and thanks to more importantly, thanks to Brianna Decker for appearing. Great conversation. Happy New Year, everybody. Have a great week. Bye.